Yo, what's up? Yesterday, a jury in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, um, the court in Minneapolis, Minnesota, found Derek Chauvin, the former officer, Minneapolis police officer, guilty on all three counts, including second-degree murder, second-degree manslaughter, and third-degree murder in the death of George Floyd in 2020. Now, this jury took a little over 10 hours over a period of two days. Of course, there was a lot of pressure, a lot of media coverage over this. But a lot of people were very happy with the end result. Now, as you know, right now, Chauvin is now currently being held in a detention center uh, in Minnesota. The, the location right now is unknown while he waits his sentence. Uh, Chauvin could face as many as much as the former Minneapolis officer could face as much as 75 years in prison now that he's been convicted on all three charges. The sentencing date has been pen is pending. Uh, it's well known that he probably will appeal, his, his attorneys will appeal the verdict. Uh, but let me explain to y'all what this verdict means and what it doesn't mean. Now, before I even go into what it means... Let me let me just make it clear, crystal clear, what this verdict does not mean. Because a lot of people were very, very happy for the verdicts. Because this was a long time coming, to be honest with you. This was a long time coming. There have been many, many other officers that have gotten away with murder. And others that have gotten lesser sentences and lesser time. And lesser verdicts. So for this one particular officer who, whom, of whom the incident has been known all over the world, that has sparked protests all over the world, let me make it crystal clear, folks, what it does not mean because I don't want anyone to get this twisted. I want you to understand the concept because, yes, it is a great victory for the black and brown community. Okay, and yes, I celebrate with George Floyd and George Floyd's family. I celebrate with other police brutality victims all over the country, all over the world, because this is a victory. But let me explain real quick what it doesn't mean. What this verdict does not mean is that police brutality is going to end today. It does not mean that officers are going to start acting right. It does not mean that black and brown people are not going to be targets of rogue police officers. This week, we've had, just this week, we've had three instances. There was an incident in Las Vegas where a black woman who was deaf was arrested and her children were forced to sign to her mama another incident in Columbus, Ohio, which... Lord knows, they, which is already hotbed because of uh, another incident in Columbus, Ohio. Well, there's been two incidents in Columbus, Ohio. Jacob Blake, the most notorious. Another black woman was shot and killed. 16-year-old girl was killed by a Columbus police. Then again, we had an incident in New Jersey where a, a black team was detained for not having a bicycle license. I ain't never heard of such a thing, having a bicycle license. I thought you could ride a bicycle without a license. I thought you needed for a motorcycle, but not a bicycle. 
Okay. But we have to understand this is not this 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 is bigger than George Floyd, folks. This is bigger than Derek Chauvin. This is bigger than the Minneapolis Police Department. This is bigger than one any individual or one individual police officer or one individual victim. There is a culture, ladies and gentlemen, that is designed by its very nature to protect its European citizens and to demean its citizens of color. You know there needs to be a change of the culture when a white person can go into his vehicle, threaten the police with a hammer, and then drag the police in his truck, not a single shot fired. Not one. This happened this year already. This happened already. This month, in fact. One officer was drugged, took the, had to be taken to a hospital because of this. Not one shot fired, not one billy club across the head, not nothing. He was taken into custody without any kind of incident, without any kind of headaches. And then you have a, a little nine-year-old girl in Rochester, New York, who was put into the back of a squad car for little nothing more than a temper tantrum. We know we got something wrong with this culture, but this is a culture that has been going on for centuries. In fact, since the beginning of this country, this country's not that old. It's only 200 and less than 250 years old. This has been going on ever since the, the, the conception of this country. This is not just something that just started happening in the last decade. This stuff's been going on. Remember the slave patrols. Okay, let's not forget about them. But as I said, this is deeper than Derek Chauvin. This is deeper than George Floyd. This is deeper than the Minneapolis Police Department. It is an entire culture that has been sent a message with these convictions. But we have to change. If we're going to change the atmosphere in this country, if we're going to change the rift that exist between law enforcement and its citizens of color. I believe the greatest injustice that we could give to the, to the George, to George Floyd's family. Okay. It would have been a horrible carriage of justice. Had Derek Chauvin been acquitted of the charges. Mm -hmm as is what happened with Eric Garner and Michael Brown and others. Or he would have gotten lesser time or lesser charges, like in the Amber Geiger case in Dallas. That would have been a grave miscarriage of misjustice. And the crazy part is this, this, this heifer still actually have the nerve to, to fight the charges and to fight the conviction. She's fighting it in court today as we speak. But what I would believe is a greater misjustice to the George Floyd family, to all victims of police brutality, is that we sit back and rest on our laurels and we celebrate and we dance and we think, oh, praise God, Derek Chauvin's going to jail. The storm is over. Big mistake. Big mistake. Big mistake. Yes, it is a victory for the black community. Yes, 
It is a victory for the Floyd family. Yes, it's a victim for the people of Minneapolis and for the state of Minnesota. Yes, it's a victory for black folks. But we have no room or time to celebrate. As long as Jacob Blake's killers are still out, we cannot celebrate. As long as Breonna Taylor's killers are still walking the streets and doing their jobs, we cannot rest. Until Lamar Albury's killers are behind bars for good, we cannot rest. We cannot celebrate. We cannot dance. We cannot rest. As long as George Zimmerman's still out there wreaking havoc. 10 plus years later, we cannot rest. We got to keep the pressure on because it's not just, it's like I've said earlier, this is deeper than George Floyd. This is deeper than um, uh, Ahmaud Arbery. This is deeper than uh, Derek Chauvin. This is deeper than any one individual police officer or any one individual victim or any one individual uh, group of police. This is a culture that has to be eliminate it until you eliminate the culture. These instances are going to keep coming up over and over and over again. We just had three this week during the time of the birth. We just had three instances. So it's way deeper than any one officer. This is a culture thing. And where it stops, we have to understand we got a police union. We got police unions that give, basically give these officers diplomatic immunity because they can go out there and wreak havoc at will. They know they got a police, they got a, a, a city, a state, or whatever that's going to back them up. They got police unions that are willing to pump out millions of dollars. They've got a, a culture of people, officers and, po- and politicians that are pro-law enforcement, that are willing to back these officers up and protect them. Keep in mind... Uh, Derek Chauvin had millions of dollars that had been given to him by not only a police union, but other groups and individuals that support law enforcement, that believe that law enforcement can do no wrong. And please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that every officer is like this. There are good police out there. There are good police officers that do their job. There are good police officers that care about the people in their community. I'm not talking about them. Okay, I have nothing but respect for them. But you got other Derek Chauvin's out there. There are others out there. You got other people like George Zimmerman who think they police. They still exist. You got people like the ones that stormed the Capitol building earlier this year that think that they were right in doing so. We got to eliminate that. And like I said, the greatest character of misjustice to the Floyd family is to sit back and relax and rest on a victory and rest on our laurels while you still got people that are, that think like Derek Chauvin out there. We got to keep the pressure on, ladies and gentlemen. And what does that mean? What that means is we've got to stop the police culture because this is deep. Like I said, this is deeper than any individual police department. This is this is this is stuff that's taught in the academies. They're taught to act like this towards us. We got to stop that. How do you stop it? You got to understand one thing. 
Who do you think elects the police, the, the, the police chiefs? It ain't the mayors. Who do you think elects the sheriffs? Who do you think elects those people? We're the ones that elect those people. We're the ones that elect the sheriffs. The de- we don't we don't elect the deputies. The sheriffs elect the deputies, but we elect the sheriffs. We elect the chiefs of police. We're the ones that elect these people. We're the ones that pay our tax dollars to pay their salaries. So I think it's very, very important that we understand whom we're putting in these offices. We need to understand that very, very clearly. And I know there are many of y'all that say that your voting don't make a difference. Well, let me tell you something. If you don't vote for the good guys, you're going to put the bad guys in. Just you, you think that, okay, if I don't go to the bad, then I don't put my vote in for the bad guys. Well, the problem with that mentality is if you don't go vote, you put the bad guys in by default. You put them in by default because somebody else is going to vote them in. You didn't vote for them out. Guess what? They still get in. So it's very, very important. Number one, that you know who, who's running those departments. Remember, you elect the sheriffs. You elect the district attorneys. You elect the chiefs of police. You are the one that elects the constables. Your votes put them in. So it's highly important that you know who these people are, what their policies are, what they stand for, what they believe and what they don't believe. You have the right to know this stuff. And don't just put somebody in there because they look like you or think like you. Know who they stand for. Because there have been black faces all all over time, but they don't stand for you. Know what these people believe in, what they stand for, what their policies are. You have a right to know all this stuff. You you can do research on this. You need to go to these city council meetings and talk to these people. The city councilmen are are the ones that handle all this stuff. You know, you can't... Safe streets and, 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 and safer communities don't happen by osmosis, folks. It happens when a community gets involved. And speaking of the community getting involved, if we police ourselves, then we won't... Because the trouble with community policing is we don't know who they're putting in the community. Again, I'm not saying that there are bad police, that, that, that every officer is bad, that every officer hates black people. Like I said, they're great police officers of all races and all levels. And they care about our communities. But like I said, we just had three instances this week. One in Las Vegas, another one in Columbus, Ohio's already had at least a half a dozen instances over the last three years. Had one in New Jersey. Like I said, Breonna Taylor's killers are still out on the streets, free. They have not even been touched. The people that stormed the Capitol building. Their trials are pending. They're facing federal cases, as they should. But we have a culture that has to be eliminated. We have a culture that exists within policing that's been around forever that says that black and brown bodies are are dispensable, disposable. 
that we need to preserve white life at the expense of black and brown life. That is the culture that needs to be changed. That is the attitude within the police academies that needs to be changed. And the only way you're going to change them is you have to put people in those positions, those sheriffs, those sheriffs, those chiefs of police. They have to be the ones to be willing to change it. And the second thing, we have to put the pressure on those police units, okay? Because there are people out there that spend money on these unions. And they're willing to spend big money. Derek Chauvin, like I said, Derek Chauvin had millions of dollars backing him up in his court case. He had good lawyers at his disposal to do whatever he wanted. Not everybody gets that privilege. We cannot rest until our streets are safe. We cannot rest until we don't have to worry about when those bubble lights come on, what's going to happen to us, what's going to happen to our children, what's going to happen to our wives, what's going to happen to our sons. Because any one incident at any given time could be a death sentence for a black and brown person. We need to understand that. And the only way to change it is to change the culture. And it starts with us. We have to make those changes. We have to put that pressure on those unions. We have to put the pressure on the police officers. We have to put the pressure on city council, on the the counties. We have to put the pressure on individual, uh, um, on individual politicians that support these people. It's up to us, folks. We can't afford the rest. So let's give the Floyd family true justice. And that true justice is keeping the pressure on. We cannot rest. We got to keep fighting because it's the culture that needs to change. And until it changes, we're going to keep having instances like this. So my goal, keep the pressure on. Keep the pressure on. Until it changes, we got to keep the pressure on. You keep protesting. You keep invading those city council meetings. We got to keep pressure on with the voting. Don't let them get away with and don't get put, allow them to put fear in your heart to keep the good the good old boy system in place. We got to stop it. And we can stop it today with our votes, with our prayers, and with our actions. One love to George Floyd. Rest in peace. Pray for, for Derek Chauvin because he's going to be in a tight situation now. And pray for all the other victims, current and past. Let's pray that God will intervene so that these incidents won't ever happen again so that black and brown people can actually be safe and truly achieve equal justice under the law. That's my time. I just wanted to throw a little brief saying on this. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. 
Anyway, big male, who is Rugrat? I'm out. Peace.